You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. It's December 6th, 334, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. Hey, just before we get going with what happened today in history, just a a warning to parents listening with kids today. We're a history show, and today we're talking about Santa Claus. Do what you will with that information. Just wanted to put that out there. Rebecca, over to you. (laughs) (laughs) You have been warned. Okay, so most of us probably know that Santa Claus has a real-life counterpart in the figure of St. Nicholas, an early Christian bishop who died today in history in 343. The history of the real St. Nick is noticeable for the absence of a red suit, flying reindeer, mince pies on the hearth and children perching on his knee at the garden centre. But what it does have is sex trafficking, grave robbing and attempted cannibalism. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, for someone who is legendarily associated with a jolly chap who comes down chimneys to bring people presents at Christmas, there is just so much that we don't know about St. Nicholas, not least whether he existed in the first place. But curiously, we do know the apparent current precise date of his death, which, as Rebecca said, was today in history in 343 in Myra, which is a town in present-day Turkey. And we know, too, that after he died, he was buried in the cathedral that he was the bishop of. But almost immediately after his death, the legends about him and his incredible generosity began. And by the Middle Ages, he became one of the most popular wonder-working saints of the whole of Europe. Yeah, we also know that essentially his corpse started leaking uh, and you got this phenomenon called the manor of St. Nicholas. We, we keep learning this on the show and relearning it. But listen, what I take from it is in life, take your plaudits when you're alive and hope that no one reveres you in death, because if they do, weird it <laughs> will happen to your corpse. Uh, he had this mysterious liquid flowing through his relic. Uh, And this was seen as holy water. So one story says he was then dug up and relocated to Puglia in 1087 to the crypt of the Basilica de San Nicola and consecrated by Pope Urban II. And then he became known as Saint Nicholas of Bari. But he'd only been put in Bari 700 years after he died. So as Arian says, he isn't Italian, even if you see that red herring. He is Greek. Mm. He was born in Patara in Turkey. We know almost nothing about the hard and fast biographical details. He doesn't seem to have attracted the notice of a lot of chroniclers in his time. Most accounts of his life and works were hagiographies written centuries later. The only thing we know, and we don't really even know that, is that he was probably born into an ethnically Greek Christian family in Anatolia, now part of southern Turkey, then part of the Eastern Roman Empire. There were some flourishes that were put in in some later accounts, including the idea that his uncle was a bishop who spotted the potential in young Nicholas and ordained him into the priesthood. But his defining attribute in those early Christian sources is not a fondness for the festive season, but it is his generosity, as you hinted at earlier. Supposedly, his parents were well off, and when they died, when Nicholas was still young, he gave away all of his inheritance to the poor. Yeah, and in fact, the most enduring story about this amazing generosity of his is about... 
A poor man who had three daughters but couldn't afford a proper dowry for them, leaving them faced with the prospect of remaining unmarried and maybe even being forced into sex work. And so along comes St. Nick, and he wants to help, but is a bit too either modest or shy to do so publicly. And so he started going to the man's house at night. And over possibly three successive nights, he threw these three purses filled with gold coins through the window. And one of the many versions of the story has him actually dropping the bags down the chimney to Uh. avoid being spotted. So that might be part of the association with that particular myth. The famous chimneys of Southern Turkey. exactly. (laughs) Stopping to eat a mince pie on the roof. Uh, Wrapped in (laughs) P-Day. But also, as a result of this association, Nicholas becomes the patron saint of pawnbrokers because there's these three gold balls that traditionally hung outside a pawn shop. Those symbolise the three sacks of gold that uh, St. Nick dropped down the chimney or through the window or, you know, under the door, (laughs) however he came at it. And yes, it's why he's the patron saint of pawnbrokers. It's also why he is the patron saint of prostitutes, because they might have ended up in sex work, these women. Mm. Yeah, the full list includes the Russian Navy, the Greek Navy, repentant thieves, broadcasters, Aberdeen, Amsterdam, Liverpool, and pharmacists. So he's really, he's spread himself very thin here. And also brewers. Brewers also got in on the act. I mean, St. Nick, he is pretty much in charge of anything. If you've got a problem, if you're a child at sea or in Liverpool or broadcasting, (laughs) he's got you covered. As well as also being, you know, this massive associated presence with Santa Claus that we'll get to later. There is a potential fairly literal connection with uh, Christmas, which was that as a bishop, he is said to have attended the Council of Nicaea in 325, which was the date at which Christmas as December the 25th was fixed. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Look, I think the reason he's associated with Christmas is that he did die on this day, or if he lived, then he would probably died on this day which is close to Christmas. And so, you know, he was being remembered as a saint because of his steadfastness to Christianity during a time that Christians were being persecuted. Mm. And so he's an important saint, and then they have to kind of come up with all these stories afterwards, frankly, don't they, through oral tradition. But he's an important saint who died near Christmas. That's enough, isn't Mm. it? He's the saint you remember at Christmas time. And then you get a further conflation with Christmas because, well, because of Protestantism. You know, a lot of the saints' days get a bit swept to one side during the 1500s in Europe because, oh, it's all a bit Catholic. Those are important people and we like them and everything, but let's not do the whole kind of walking up and down with the gold stuff and the Latin. Let's just kind of forget that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know who we can celebrate? Jesus. Let's do Jesus. Let's definitely double down on Christmas. Jesus Day. But people liked the fact that they used to get presents on St. Nicholas Day, because St. Nicholas was renowned for his generosity. And there's a kind of problem with giving presents on a day for Jesus, which is Jesus is a baby in the story. Why Why is he giving a present? Like, you know, you bring a present to a baby, like the three wise men. Why would that symbolically be a day that you give gifts? And even though they didn't sort of want to talk about St. Nicholas anymore, you have this kind of pagan and longer tradition of a father Christmas figure all over Europe, Père Noël in France and all the rest of it. And it all gets conflated with... Oh, St. Nicholas was the generous one. He died in December. We gave presents for him. Now it's for Christmas. And you can see how it becomes a fudge that people don't want to let go of because it's it's fun. It's nice mm. to have presents, yeah. <laughs> whatever the religion is saying yeah. at the time. Right. Yeah, I mean, in between St. Nicholas becoming a big deal in Europe and the Reformation era, it had become common for nuns and devout Christians generally to give gifts of money or food for the needy to mark St. Nicholas's feast days, 6th of December. 
But in much of the world now, these traditions have been subsumed into Christmas. Traditions like giving chocolate coins and candy canes as well, meant to maybe represent a bishop's staff. That's all mm. been brought under the Christmas umbrella. But St Nicholas's Day does remain a distinct occasion in large parts of Europe. You know, the Netherlands, Czech Republic, Hungary, that kind of area. Parts of France and Germany as well. Also, the word Santa Claus comes via a sort of interesting back channel because after the Reformation, devotion to Nicholas disappeared in most of the Protestant countries of Europe except Holland, where his legend persisted as Sinterklaas, which is the Dutch variant of the name St. Nicholas. And Dutch colonists then took this tradition with them to New Amsterdam, which is now New York City, in the 17th century. And Sinterklaas was adopted by the country's kind of English-speaking majority under the name Santa Claus. You don't need to explain this. We can hear it in an American <laughs> accent, can't we? You can hear how East Coast Americans aren't going to walk around going Sinterklaas. It's going to be Santa Claus. Yeah, <laughs> right. And yeah, particularly in like lower Manhattan, I guess. <laughs> and that then got fused with these old Nordic folk tales of a magician who punished naughty children and rewarded the good children with presents. And that's, that all sort of swirled around and created the Santa Claus's jolly fat man that we know today. Yes, which, I mean, everyone sort of kind of half knows but doesn't really know. And I'm sure we'll do it one day on the show properly. The Coca-Cola thing, mm. right? So there's a two-part thing to the modern Santa Claus, which are both really recent, 19th and 20th century. The 19th century thing is Clement Clark Moore's poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, which we've talked about in our episode, The Night Before the Night Before Christmas. But in that, as we described, he's kind of small and he doesn't look like we think and he's not wearing red. And then in the 1930s, you get this Swedish artist, Haddon Sundblom, drawing Santa for Coca-Cola in a red coat trimmed with fur and secured with a large belt. And that doubles down on the Clement Clark Moore vision of St. Nicholas, but looking like 20th century advertising that 100 years later, we're still stuck with. Yeah, I mean, in 2005, the mayor of the town of Demre in Turkey, which was formerly Myra, really attracted the ire of Christians around the world when he replaced a bronze statue of St. Nicholas outside the famous church with a big plaster coca-cola style santa it's called a big backlash as you can imagine it was finally removed in 2008 i mean you can see why though because almost all the inhabitants of the town are muslims so they don't really care about how saint nicholas is portrayed and they are making tourism money as being the home of father christmas so you can see why they'd lean into it and you know even though that's a really outlandish example you can still see that same tension visible within christianity too if you look at modern depictions of saint nicholas in the catholic and orthodox traditions they often are now trying to split the diff yes. between the sombre bearded bishop that you'd see in medieval icons and jolly red suited Santa. So they'll give him a big smile and a red mitre, but you know, they know they can't have him with the red Santa suit being followed by a sleigh of flying reindeer. <laughs> I think if Myra gets the uh, 20th century advertising version of Santa, then it's only fair that in popular culture, we get to see a stern-looking bald bloke wearing a priest scarf on the back of that <laughs> on the back of that sleigh, <laughs> showering down uh, gold coins onto pawnbrokers. <laughs> Tomorrow. I don't know if I'm just too lowbrow, but I can't name a single conductor. Simon Rattle. I mean, that is the single conductor I can name. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Patreon.com/slash Retrospectors.